podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And Chad May delivered that ball. K-State does pick up the first down. K-State fakes the draw. May back to throw. Throwing for the end zone. Coleman makes the catch. Touchdown. 27-yard pass for a touchdown off the play action. And K-State's back on top. 16-13. All right, welcome to the back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. Oof. It's been a minute, 10 days since we've recorded. Seems like it's been an eternity. I've missed you, buddy. Where have you been? What's going on? Uh, you know, just you know, working the good old 9 to 5 and that's a joke. Like it's more like 7 to 5, <laughs> sometimes 6. You know, I'm just a little busy worker bee. Uh, you know, just living life. How about you? How's how's the nightlife? It's brutal. I just woke up about an hour ago. Um, my brain is slowly melting. I've got some early onset dementia, I'm pretty sure. But, hey, I make a little bit more money, so what What can you do? <laughs> um, let me introduce the Beer of the Pod. Today we're going from Casey Beer Company. It's uh, a bohemian-style export lager. I really like it. Um, kind of soft on the hops. It's got a more of a malty flavor. Pretty refreshing. Fitting with a warm weather, of course, tonight it's cold and rainy, as usual, but that is our beer of the pod from Casey Beer Company. Thoughts on the beer? Yeah, it's it's a good one. Uh, you know, our good friends over at Casey Beer, they do one style of beer, and they do it well. Uh, if you like a German-style beer, if you like that, you know, the, the, that strand of malt and hops, you know, coming from... Germany, they do some Czechoslovakian type stuff as well. But you know, if if you like that style, that that's the place to be. Uh, they have a good beer garden that will be opening up soon because of you know eventually the weather's going to turn nice. Not yeah. today, but it'll be nice tomorrow, I'm sure, while I'm at work. <laughs> Scott, we're going to jump into basketball real quick. Um, tell me who's off the board, who's still on the board. We'll get try to get us caught up on basketball recruiting. We're not going to belabor this too much because this is the spring game podcast, and we're going to focus mostly on football, but we can touch on basketball a little bit. Tell me about it. Yeah, uh, just quick quick house uh, cleaning. Masala, he's the first cat who left the roster who is signed somewhere else. He's going to Radford. We wish him the best of luck. Uh, you know, we, we all saw that coming. Hopefully he gets some more playing time. This is his final year of eligibility. Uh, since we last talked, Brian Patrick has officially decided to transfer. I know the talk for a while was sounding like it wasn't going to happen. But, you know, when a shooter can't shoot, eventually the door. Uh, are you surprised that this ended up happening? I mean... Uh, no, I'm not surprised at all. He didn't quite pan out for us this year. I wish he would have. Um, part of me is a little bit disappointed. You know, he's a young guy. Maybe he could have stuck around, improved his game. Uh, maybe it was just a confidence thing. But on the other hand, it's like we didn't really get to see much out of him. We didn't see anything at all. So you got a shooter. You got to be able to shoot when you're on the court. So maybe we can fill that with another shooter. 
Yeah, officially we have one open scholarship. Uh, I feel okay at least mentioning this possibility because I've heard it on uh, K-Man out of Manhattan. I've heard it mentioned on 810. I think it's starting to be more widely talked about the idea that Sean Williams may not make it to campus. I think that's still up in the air. We don't really know what will happen, but if he can't make it to campus, all of a sudden you have two open scholarships. And uh, the guy that I really wanted in this entire transfer hunt, what I'll call it, transfer hunt 2018, uh, Moyer, he is going to Vanderbilt. So just another reason to hate that stupid private school out of Nashville. I hate them so much. Uh, The Cats will be taking on Vanderbilt in the Sprint Center. So there might be an opportunity for a live pod. We might do something uh, when that happens, you know what is it, you know, eight months down the road, plenty of time to plan that. But, you know, that might be something fun to look forward to. Uh, the New Jersey Institute of Technology, NGIT, transfer An- Anthony Tarkey supposed to be visiting this weekend. Uh, I'm not really sure how that's going. As I think we've said in every single pod that we've had, if you want in-depth recruiting news, uh, you got to go to KSO. Derek Young over there doing a bang-up job. Anytime there's visits going on for football or basketball, he's getting information faster than anyone in the game. Uh, If you want to know more about this transfer hunt, that's the place to go. Uh, There's not much more about him. Uh, Another very quiet, not a lot of chatter, but the number one target on my board remaining, uh, pit transfer, Parker Stewart. He would have to sit out a year. He's another shooter. Started 20 games for Pitt as a freshman. Uh, he, you know, he was banging threes versus ACC competition. Today, he did name his final. He's considering a uh, good old Mark Turgeon, uh, former Topeka, not a cat. He's a enemy of the pod. He is not welcome on the pod. Turgeon, if you're listening, you are not welcome with the Bosco's boys. Uh, UT Martin is another school. His father coaches there, so that's why they're in the top four, then uh, Bruce in the Fighting Wildcats, and then uh, Dana Altman in Oregon. Dana Altman is welcome on the pod, uh, but he's trying to bounce back after that final four year. They had a little bit of a drop-off, but they have a great recruiting class. Bringing it, being able to bring in this sit-out transfer really set them up well. Uh, you know, he, he's a shooter. He's the type of guy that I think we would really it would be really nice to have uh, after you see Barry, Cam, and Dean – leave being able to have someone who's in the system for a year and learning a little more uh so he, he's agree. now the number one target I he's think a we, long long guard type of player that six five good shooter that's the game that's the game that basketball has really turned into so he would suit our style well i think i agree and uh another name that popped up and it popped up just a couple days ago this is the last guy who we've been heavily linked with with in the transfer market Granted, things can change, grad, grad transfers, et cetera. But Austin Reeves from Wichita State, down I-35, the fight in shocks. Hate them, but that's fine. He's from Arkansas, another guy who would have to sit out a year. He started 11 games for Wichita State this past year. He was getting 21 minutes a game, around eight points. You know, he has great field goal percentage, great free throw percentage, uh, you know, he. I think of all the names we've been linked to, if we can't get him, it's almost getting to the point where maybe you bring in grad transfers, but you don't want to be tying up 
future scholarships on guys that, you know, don't have a big upside. So I think if, if we can't pick up, you know, Tark and Stewart or Tark and Rivas, I, uh, I mean, it's to the point where I'd say, all right, hold them and hope for the best in 2019. Yeah. Um, it's taken a little bit of a, it started off hot with Trice. Um, we did get the guy that we wanted, so that's nice. But would be nice to land one of these guards here, one of these shooters. But uh, that's pretty much wraps up the basketball recruiting. Uh, if you guys, obviously, if you want any more depth recruiting, like Scott said, go over to K-State Online. They've got great stuff. You're a proper weirdo if you haven't subscribed by now. Moving on yeah, so to the spring game. Moving on, the, the reason for the season, the spring game, um, we're going to run through – all the positions on the field, uh, we're going to touch on it. In all likelihood, this probably isn't going to be one of our longest pods. It's actually it'll probably be our shortest uh, podcast out of our live specials uh, because at the end of the day, it's a Bill Snyder spring game. I'm going to preface anything I say by again <clears throat> pointing out it's a Bill Snyder spring game. Don't Don't burn anything down over it. Don't be booking your tickets to Dallas for the Big 12 championship game. It's a Bill Snyder spring game, so take everything with a grain of salt. I would agree, and it's going to be tough for us to really touch on anything that hasn't already been said yet, but we're going to give our opinions from a fan point of view because we're not paid journalists, and that's an advantage that we have. We can say whatever the hell we want. So, uh, I'll yeah, just we're not start off. Get kick- yeah, go ahead. No, it's it, no. I was going to say we can say whatever we want. We're not going to get kicked out of press conferences, despite my best efforts. I'm never going to get credentialed, so let's just let the takes fly. That's okay. It's it's not worth it, dude. You don't need those credentials. So I'm just going to start off by asking you, quarterbacks. Is there any real separate separation for you yet? Do you think either guy has an advantage at this point? Like, what do you think there? And who do you have as your who's your QB one right now? So I am going to hold off on my prediction because I think one of our questions does ask us to choose our quarterback. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on putting actually saying who I think it'll be. But what I saw in that spring game was two guys who were trying to make a point that they are much better at their perceived weakness than what you know, the K-State media, what the fans are saying. I saw Alex Dalton really trying to make some precision throws. I saw Skylar Thompson a couple times take off running and, you know, trying to show off his legs, which, you know, one is weird in a spring game because it's two-hand touch on a quarterback, so you can't take that much into it. And two, you know, his thing is throwing. I really wanted to see him turn it into seven-on-seven. You could see he has – the much longer throw, but I, I thought Skyler was a little bit more hesitant in the pocket. Uh, and, you know, he, he you know, it, I, I just wanted to see him put on a clinic out there. I didn't see that quite that from him. All that being said, I thought his balls looked better than Dalton's. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's again, it's, it's, it's so wishy-washy. I mean, neither one of them did anything. Neither one of them made an outstanding crazy great throw none of them made horrible passes it's you know it it did nothing to me when we get to the time where we talk about who we might go with i saw nothing in that game that's going to change how i felt about either one of them 
it was about what I expected. I guess it is a little bit encouraging to see Delton maybe take half a step forward in his passes, but what do you think when it came to the quarterbacks? Yeah, I don't want to divulge too much into this quite yet until we get to the question, but I, for me, I do think that one person has an edge at this point. It's super close. Um, you know, they in the Bill Snyder spring game, they're not going to be showing showing much, but I've kind of changed a little bit on this position, but we'll touch on we'll touch on that later. Um, we can move on to running backs. Really, not much to say about that. Uh, Alex Barnes, clear cut number one at this point. Um, I expect a pretty big year from him with the experience he has, uh, the time he spent working in the off season in the spring, and the line that he's running behind this year. I think he's going to have a massive year. What do you think? I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Alex Barnes was always going to be the number one guy. There's a lot of hype surrounding Mike McCoy yeah. this spring. He didn't even – I don't believe he even suited up. If he did, he didn't get on the field. In full disclosure, we both watch on KSATHD.TV. Uh, we were not in attendance. So I'm not sure if he suited up. Uh, but, you know, it was the Alex Barnes show. I think Silman – maybe got two carries. Uh, there was no sign of Dalvin Warmack. The only other running back to get a lot of carries was uh, that rough kid. Um, he, you know, and he looked fine, but, you know, again, it's, you know, it's, it's a spring game. And unlike other spring games, it was ones versus quote unquote ones because the defense is so banged up. Right. Uh, so that means the number two offense was running against third and fourth string guys. So I, think, I don't think you can take much from it uh, to lump in there because I'm looking at our breakout. Uh, the fullbacks and tight ends, I'm, I'm just going to kind of loop them in here because we were using them interchangeably, you know, in some H-back formations as well. I think between Harding and Lenners, uh, both of them lined – and Sawa, uh, the Butler County Community College uh, transfer. Between those three, all three of them got touches. Two of the three got touchdowns. Do you think we – he, this is a three-pronged question. Do you think, A, we're going to have much of a drop-off from what was a uber-athletic fullback position that we've had between uh, Gronk and Demel? And then are we going to include the tight end slash H-backs more? Looking at the stat line, it does seem like we used to – or we, we went to the tight ends – more than we typically do. It's not something that we seem to utilize very often. Um, I hope we go to the tight ends more. I've, I've always hoped we would go to the tight ends more. So I think with this new offense, I think Coleman's going to try to spread it out a little bit more and we might see some more from the tight ends. And as far as, as far as a drop off from fullback, how often do you think we're going to really be using a full, that fullback position this season? Um, I don't, I don't know, but I, I grew I grouped those in there because outside of Sawa, who who played exclusively fullback, everyone else was rotating back and forth between being in the backfield and being in that tight end position. So that that's why I wanted to group them together. I, you know, I I think we might be seeing you know kind of how Oklahoma State uses what they call their cowboy back, right? You know, that's having them thinking. roam a little bit more around. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm hoping that they think we have some of these athletes and some guys a little bit more versatile than our previous tight ends that we used as a third tackle and Dimmel, who, you know, 
what he he was kind of one dimensional, seeing that he only lined up in one spot on the field. So I, I'm hoping we get a little bit more creative with that position because it seems like we have some guys with a little bit more you know skill. I agree. I think if we're in a situation where we want to use a bigger back, we'll just go to McCoy. Um, maybe have like a two back, a two back system where McCoy's are kind of fills into that fullback role. Not that he's going to play fullback, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So that's why I'm hoping that we see more of an evolution away from a traditional fullback, a traditional tight end back to an H back, or you know, like I said, what Oklahoma State calls their cowboy back. So. Give me big boy, give me look. big boy McCoy, baby. I'm ready. Well, I mean, you're gonna have to. Uh, I, and here, I mean, since we're on the running backs, I'm gonna throw some cold water on this McCoy stuff. <laughs> we have seen, I, yeah, you can laugh. That, that's fine. We have seen <clears throat> time and time and time and time again the seemingly more talented players not played under Bill Snyder 2.0 more than probably any other position at running back. I have a really hard time believing, no matter how much everyone wants to hype him, that we are going to see a ton of Mike McCoy when you have Alex Barnes, who I don't know, think is coming we'll see into it. his junior I don't think we'll year. See a ton of it. You're going to have – well, I don't know if you're going to see any of them come Big 12 play. Something is going to have to change. Bill Snyder is going to have to prove to me, or Andre Coleman or Eric Hickson – Whoever's making the calls, I think at the end of the day, Bill Snyder is making the final call. But someone is going to have to change my mind before I believe we'll see hardly any Mike McCoy come Big 12 play or versus Mississippi State. You'll see him in the throwaway game versus whatever Dakota we're playing to open up. And once we're up on UTSA, but I have a really hard time believing all of a sudden they're going to change the what what they need to see from a player to get them onto the field, I, I especially in in Dalvin Warmack came back too. Yeah, they had to say something to him to get him to come back instead of transferring to Colorado State where he would have been the feature back. Yeah, this is his final year of eligibility. He's not coming. He he wasn't going to come back just to you know be the fourth running back. So everyone is getting so hyped up on Mike McCoy. I hate to break it to you guys. I would if 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 I was a betting man, I would bet that he would have under 300 total yards in games versus teams with a pulse all season. I, I would guess. say under 200 yards. If you exclude the opener <clears throat> in the UTSA game, I would bet he has less than 200 yards from scrimmage. Uh, and you know, I would ha- I would happily be wrong, but I will believe it when I see it. All right, mark it down, Mike McCoy. 15 carries for 150 yards against Mississippi State. Mark it down. I would I would bet every possession I have that that does not happen. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's not happening. Uh, I think Warmack will probably use more, maybe in the slot or in situations where we're trying to like spread the field and get him into open field. Super shifty, quick dude. I'd like to see some screens from him. Set up some nice screens for Mister Warmack, but otherwise, I don't think we're going to see him all that much. I am curious what the hell they said to him, though. It's a good point. He would have been featured back at Colorado State, so maybe Coleman and just maybe Coleman is has got some exciting stuff that he just wanted to be a part of. So we'll see. I don't know, but I'm putting him on the wish list of guests after he graduates and he can do media and 
become on you know just go wild because i would i would love i would have loved to be a fly on the wall when they were trying to recruit him to come back yeah uh, you know I, I would love to know what they were going to say okay should we touch on the other super hyped young man coming out of the spring spring ball wide receiver you know who mr chabasson taylor uh yeah i uh j- just you know looking over i think i think i missed adding a question to the list so we'll throw this under our wide receiver talk and uh, i apologize for to whoever tweeted this in but they asked about what, are we going to see chabasson taylor turn into a real player is he going to become one of the spring game all-stars who we don't hear about. I don't know. Uh, I, again, I, I apologize to whoever it tweeted was, that in. Um, it was Dave Saban. So shout out to Dave. Oh, yeah. Great friend of the pod. Uh, so I, I apologize for not writing it down. So we'll just touch on this before we even get to the Ask Basio, uh part of this pod because I didn't include it. Sorry. Uh, that goes exactly to what I said about Mike McCoy. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, he was first off. He played with the number twos for a reason. There is a reason why Weber was ahead of him in playing with the ones from the very first drive. There's a reason why Taylor didn't get a single rep with the number ones, and that reason is is he probably doesn't block or he probably doesn't run right. the routes perfectly. And it it goes back to exactly what what I said about Mike McCoy, I'll believe it when I see it. They can hype him up in practice. They can say he, and he does, he has all the physical tools, but until I see him running out there and catching a ball versus Mississippi state or seeing him lined up there taking meaningful snaps versus West Virginia, I, I, I no part of me believes that he's really going to be a big impact this year. And everyone again wants to get carried away. This is something that everyone on Twitter, everyone on message boards were hyping up the the game he had because of how many injuries we played. He wasn't going up against even a second or third team corners or safeties. He was going up against guys who will never see the field in those positions. He was going up against special teams players. You know, a guy that massive with the physical tools, he can shine versus competition like that, just like I'm sure he – shined versus the subpar high school competition he played. If he's not able to get get in front of a walk-on like Landry Weber, which, you know, we, we can talk on talk about wrestle wide receivers later. He had a good game, but if if he can't get in front of that guy, you know, six foot nothing, one seventy-five guy from Bishop Miege or whatever prep school he went to in Kansas City, if he can't get on the field in front of him, then that tells you something about what's going on in practice. So again, sorry for being the wet blanket. Well, I mean, I'm going to counter you a little bit. Convince um, me I'm wrong, please. I, I want, I desperately want to be wrong. Well, personally, I think he'll contribute a decent amount this season. Um, I know it's a spring game; can't gauge any player performance from the spring game really. Um, but I feel like he's going to be a guy that at least contributes a little bit. Um, he's a freshman, so he's got. He's got that learning curve that comes with the freshman at a high level. But, you know, Bill's been talking a lot about him, and maybe that's because he's been asked a lot about him. But I think he's been doing that Bill Snyder thing where he, you know, he gives that compliment and then he almost immediately negates it with a couple of negatives. But <clears throat> I'm going to counter you by saying that 
who did he go against? I don't know if you listened to one of our other pods that I like to listen to the game. I'll just quote DJ Reed. He had an interview and he said that every single time in practice he would go against Chibasson Taylor because he was the one that challenged him the most. And that's DJ Reed. So I don't know if that's a lie, if DJ's just making that up to hype him up, but I don't know why DJ would make that up if he's he's going against him every time in the scout against the scout team because he felt that he was the most talented guy and the one that pushed him the most. So I think he's got the tools. He's gonna be I think he's going to be a player, but he, you know he's got to be become he's got to become that more complete player in the eye of Coach Schneider. He's got to learn to block. He's got to learn to you know run run good routes. But you know he's a freshman. He may not have a huge impact this year, but I certainly think we're going to see a lot of Shabazz and Taylor. Yeah, and that and that's fine. But again, that is him being a scout team wide receiver. You the type of athletes K State brings in usually on scholarship let alone walk-ons who are running the scout team, they're not going to look like that. That was a smart thing for DJ to do because he is going to gain more from practice from going up against the bigger, faster, more physical guy in Chabaston Taylor than he would versus a Landry Weber or generic Western Kansas walk-on in practice. I, so I'm glad he was doing that, but that still doesn't tell me anything that I, that doesn't already – you know, we don't have a million proof points that that doesn't mean anything to what Bill Snyder's going to put on the field. He is always going in 2.0. He has always put the guy who knows his responsibilities versus the best athlete, the better talent. If they're not doing something right, they're not going to play. And I'm, I'm afraid, you know, we're, we're seeing what it is. Landry Weber, who's doing it right, playing with the ones, Sebastian Taylor doing probably one thing, not up to his standards playing with the twos, going up against threes and fours in the spring game. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. We do have, tend to uh, overhype players that even look remotely athletic, but I think this year we're certainly going to see wide receivers in the ilk of uh, Schoen, Weber, Reuter, guys like that. They sit, they seem to fit into our system a little bit better. They do the things that Bill wants them to do. So I would, I don't disagree with you, but I think we'll see more of them more of these guys than you're 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 saying here, but they're definitely not going to be like our our go to guys that people are are hoping for. <clears throat> yeah, and I and I hope when it comes to wide receiver, and again, he had a he had a fine spring game, Isaiah Zuber. I think he is going to be our number one guy. I think he needs to be the number one ta- uh, target. He proved himself in some big moments last year, especially that Iowa State game where he he kept the route alive. He was running around. He caught that touchdown. Uh, you know, he made, he made big plays. He has the experience. I think he's our number one routine returning contributor at the wide receiver spot. You know, I, I hope we see more of him. I think uh, Isaiah Harris, you know, he's coming back. It sounds like he's getting a medical hardship. He was also running with the twos, but he's also of a type of guy that we have seen a lot, a shorter, speedier, crafty wide receiver. Uh, and he, you know, he has a little bit of experience. Uh, I hope to see him on the field. I would like to see some of these athletes on the field instead of Ruger. I mean, I think Schoen has proven himself. He had a very good year, but I I cringe when we when I see sets that include Ruger out there. It it that is not the type of wide receiving core you need at a power five level, and it upsets me because I know we're going to see it with and then have Sebastian Taylor on the sideline or guys like Isaiah Harris or even Dalvin Warmack who have 
these these speedy, quick feet, and you know we're we're just not utilizing. I, I hope again. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Coleman, you know, changes it up. But I'll believe it when I see it. And you know, it's it's yeah, just frustrating. We but will see. We'd be. I'd be remiss we, not to touch on Zuber. I kind of forgot about Zuber. I totally forgot about Harris, but. We're going to need more from Zuber. I think he's our highest potential wide receiver. I hope he can come into his own this season. Um, apparently fastest player on the team. We need to figure out a way to use his speed. I wonder if we'll get him into the return game at all. But um, that pretty much wraps up the offense, does it not? Uh, offensive line, but again, you, oh, you can't tell anything. I mean, you know, all the talk is, you know, it's deep. There's guys like Josh Rivas who apparently had pretty good camps. But, you know – when you're going up against defenses who are not stunting on the defensive line, you're not blitzing. It's just bull rush. Yeah, uh, you can't tell anything. It, you know, I'm not. I mean, you know, hopefully we have a good offensive line. We're returning all almost all of our starts. We'll leave it at that. You know, we, we might go our, a little bit more in depth after the season starts. Our line, our line will be good. I'm not concerned about the line, bar any key injuries. I think the line will be good. Um, but that does wrap up the the offense. And shall we take a break, refill the beer, move on to the D? Yep, let's do that. They blocked a punt against the centers last year. The snap, and the kick is blocked. It's blocked. Picked up by Gordon Brown. Touchdown, Kansas State. The Wildcats do it again. It's deja vu, 1994. Back to throw is Preston. Sets up. Sets up. Now he's going to try to run the football. He is at the 50. He is at the 45. He is at the 40. The clock is out, and the game is over. K-State's won the game as Preston ran out of bounds. Preston ran out of bounds, and K-State's won the football game. The game is over, and K-State wins it 10-9 as the defense stiffens for Kansas State in the second half. Winds it on up. Winds it on up. Final score, K-State 10, Kansas 9. And for the Wildcats and Coach Bill Snyder, a big, 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 big K-State victory. Boys, good belt-high snap back to Gregor. This is a spiraling kick returnable for Coleman. Takes it at the 30-yard line, trying to get outside. Slips two tackles, needs a block. He's at the 35-40. Coleman's got a wall in front of him. He's at the 50-45-40. Coleman, 35-30, could go all the way. 20-15-10-5, touchdown! There are no flags on the field. Andre Coleman does it again. And K-State explodes in special teams on a long punt return by Andre Coleman. And we're back from break. We're going to talk about the defense. <laughs> Uh, let's just start with the linebackers. How's that? Are you okay with starting with the linebackers? Works for me, man. Okay. Let me just say things that I like speed, clearly more speed at that position than we've had in the recent past. Um, Patton, I think he has the tools to be a good linebacker. Um, I don't know if he's quite there yet. Clearly not. He needs to learn the position a lot better. He needs to learn the system better. Um, I say this as not not as a football expert of any any kind, but just going off of what I saw from the spring game, um, he seemed to he does have the speed, which I like, but he seemed to like over pursue a couple of plays and got himself in some trouble. Uh, took some bad angles on some plays, but I think he'll come good. What do you think about Mr. Patton? Yeah, I I don't think I can really disagree with anything you said. I think when it comes to just defense as a whole, uh, linebackers as a whole, it is 
again, I'll probably repeat this two or three times while we're talking about the defense. It's really hard to tell in the spring game. I agree. You saw, and it wasn't just him, you saw over-pursuit by the linebackers multiple times throughout the game. Uh, you saw a couple guys who looked like they really wanted to hit. You saw them when they came up to tackle Alex Barnes. Uh, but, you know, it, it, again, I hope we see some of that speed out on the field. I think it was a little bit – I think it was encouraging to see them rolling with the ones uh, because I don't think we've seen as many injuries this spring at the linebacker position as we have, especially in the secondary. So it is encouraging to see him out there. Uh, you know, again, I, I, I – oh, excuse me. I really hope with Brian Norwood and – Everyone new on the staff, Blake Seiler, we see more of a movement towards athletes on defense. I Again, it goes directly in the face of how Bill Snyder's operated. But I think it's even more important on defense. But the way offenses are playing now, they're trying to get one-on-one matchups. They're trying to expose weaknesses. I think it is so important to get your best defensive athletes on the field. And I think, you know, taking a big step forward would be seeing those linebackers uh, – you know, running around and thumping people and having a little bit of speed. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I can't really add that much more. Yeah. Um, we can touch on Sullivan. Um, in my opinion, I'm not going to say he was our best linebacker last year. Cause that's just not true at all. Um, our both our most athletic linebacker last year, probably. Um, I was always excited when he came in into the game, it was typically on some sort of blitzing set. Um, but I think he'll be fine. He was out of position a few times also, especially in coverage, but, um, man, just pray, just pray every single day that we don't have any injuries to Sullivan or Patton because we will be in some serious, serious trouble if the, any, if one of those guys goes down. Yeah. I mean, I think you saw, you know, Eric Gallon the second, make a couple plays. It'd be cool to see him. You know, features maybe the third guy. Uh, he sat out last year. I think he transferred in from Virginia. Another legacy guy. I, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not convinced at our depth there. But oddly enough, I'm probably more confident in those two guys than I am at any other position group on the defense. Yeah, and it's it, their issues are things that can be ironed out. I think, um, and they've got the athleticism to. I think when they, if they do make mistakes, they need to. They need to um, certainly minimize their mistakes. But when they do make mistakes, they have the athleticism to recover for it compared to the players that we've had in the past or the recent past. But we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, we iron out some of those wrinkles. Um, but I think that I mean I'm excited about the linebackers at least, at least their potential. Um, moving on secondary should we touch on the secondary there's really not much to say on these yeah. guys because all of our big names were are out really yeah aj parker was out there for like three snaps and then he came off uh duke swag sauce shelly he uh he was out there i think most of the game but again you know spring game you know he's being expected to go single coverage on guys every single play with no pressure on the quarterback so he can sit, just sit back and throw. I mean, he got exposed a couple times. He made a couple okay plays. 
but you know, you know, sticking strictly to the spring game, I can't take anything away from them. Uh, Safeties. I mean, who knows? Like who, I mean, I don't even know who those guys were. Yeah. Safety. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It, it, it was just a bunch of nobody. I mean, we've had injuries, Kendall Adams, Goolsby, uh, you know, every, and it's not just those guys, everyone who thought were going to be the twos and even threes at safety felt like everyone was just hurt. I, I think our guy, Brogan Barry, you know, he missed out. He could have starred in last <laughs> week's spring game. He would have been starting for the ones. It, uh, you know, it, I mean, I, I don't really have much else to say strictly about the spring game. If we want to boil it out, you know, to projecting stuff out, I'm very nervous about Duke and AJ Parker being the one and two corners. I'm very nervous. I am too. Shout out to Broganberry for always being number one in our hearts on the death chart. Just want to say that. But yes, I'm definitely nervous about our <laughs> secondary. I think our safeties are good. Kendall Adams is a good player. Um, as long as he stays healthy. Um, Goolsby, not so sure. Not so sure. Um, I don't I don't know if I like him as our guy. I, I lean more towards Walker, but he's, again. That's not going to happen. I'll tell you. It's just not going to No, that's 100% not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I know that. I know that. But it's going to be Goolsby. It's going to be Goolsby and, uh, and Adams, which I'm okay with. That's fine. But. Yeah, I'm very concerned about about our two starting corners, AJ Parker, Duke Shelley. I think there's as much as I love Duke, I think there's a pretty big drop off between him and DJ Reed. He's got big shoes to fill. Maybe he's gonna prove me wrong. He's made some some great plays in the past, but we will see. I'm concerned for sure. But maybe, but maybe uh, we'll see something different with Siler. I mean, maybe we're not gonna be playing ten yards off and. <laughs> Giving, allowing those receivers to just run at us at will. So we'll see what we're gonna we're gonna see in terms of different defensive sets. Maybe that'll help our help out our secondary a bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think above any position group on this entire team, secondary is the one that we we can we can talk about. And I'm sure we will at least ten more times this off season about what we think might happen. But I think that's the biggest spot where we have no idea. I mean, you get a new position coach, you get new defensive coordinators, you're losing your leader. I mean, it's just unknown. Until after the Mississippi State game, I don't know if we're going to be able to really sit back and say what we're dealing with. So I think we probably should just move on to the D-line. D-line. And this is, in my opinion, our biggest weakness defensively. Um, Uh, Spoiler. Spoiler. question about that later. Oh, really? Damn. Okay, well. It's okay. I mean, this we got, is, we got this some, is live podcasting. Yeah, this is live. <laughs> so if you're if you're just tuning in, this is live. We haven't. Ta- we're just we're just talking about the D line. <laughs> I like our DNs. I think they have decent potential. Kyle Ball showed towards the end of the year he's solid. Walker, I expect him. I mean, what are you expecting from Walker this year? He obviously had a- absolutely nothing. Really, I expect nothing out of him. I. I think that he will be play- – I think I, – I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think he's going to be played out of necessity because we have not recruited defensive ends well at all. I think he feasted off of being able to play in the shadows when we had Jordan Willis, and I think he got absolutely 
exposed all last year. I think he had like one total tackle, one or not tackle, one total sack all year after being a like a second team freshman All American or whatever honor he got as a freshman. He produced three holding calls all year, and two of them came in the Vanderbilt game. I don't know if something happened after that Vanderbilt game, if he just got demoralized, but he became we all did. an absolute – We all yeah, did, Reggie. I, it, that's true. And, again, uh, you know, another time I would love to be wrong, but I don't expect anything out of him. And I think he will start every single game because we have – no real options. And I think you also see that when we go to that, you know, jet package that once upon a time used to be so effective back in, you know, like 2013, 2014, you had guys like Mike Moore putting his hand on the ground. You had, you know, a young Jordan Willis coming inside. You had all these guys, Ryan Mueller, all these people who could get a pass rush, put their hand down and get a pass rush. You're not. I don't have any confidence you're going to see that from any of our guys at the defensive end spot this year. Yeah, I'm definitely concerned. Here's to hoping that Reggie can channel some of that magic he had his freshman year. But he that know, or like it certainly like helped. Boom. Yeah, Boom Massey would be nice. Step yeah, up. It would it'd be nice if he I, – I would love if Boom Massey stepped up and said, you know what, I'm taking this spot because it, on the off chance any of these young defensive ends are listening to us, you have a chance. Step up, make something happen, because I think both end spots are vulnerable. <laughs> I don't think either one of them are up to standard. You know, I, I, it just it just comes back to really being. I'm, I know I'm being defeatist, but you just don't see power five players at that spot. Yeah, it seems similar with ta- at the tackle spot too. It's just like. D tackle seems oh, yeah. completely up for grabs. I mean, Trey Deshaun is like the only real person I can think of that might have a spot locked down, but it just seems yeah. wide open on the line to me. Trey Trey Deshaun, you know, Bill said some good things about him in the spring. Again, defensive line, you can't tell anything from a spring game. You can't tell uh, anything so, about any of the defense from the spring game. It's literally pointless true. to talk it's about. So stupid. They're in I, a base Bill's, defense, so there's no point. Uh, but it's Bill fine. Snyder should not. We shouldn't have a spring. Like I'm sorry, probably no school benefits from having a spring game. It should be a closed practice, and literally the only thing that the spring game does is give media availability to the paid journos out there. You know, it was sure it's crappy weather, but we haven't had a decent turnout for a spring game since Ron Prince. So there's no commercial value. You're not bringing in anybody. There, you're there's not, no value you're not, at all. <laughs> uh, there's no value. I, I, uh, it, and it almost feels like as a big fan and especially doing what we are, we, I felt an obligation to watch this spring game, and it was a you know two hours that I'm never going to get back. It, <laughs> it, oh god, it was, it, it's just so depressing, and especially if you're trying to look at defense it is so depressing i would hate to be a defensive player going out there in the spring game and just yeah i mean whipped. you're absolutely set up for <laughs> failure as a defender they made the one game. stop the entire defense made one stop the entire spring game you are set up to fail and it's it's just useless the one spring game i was ever excited about was uh the second year that bill was back 
there's no, I wasn't excited for the game, but I was super excited to go back and see in person that we brought back our, our old uniforms and we, and we pumped so, Ron Prince's. That was exciting for me. So <laughs> I'm going to expose you as someone who doesn't know what you're talking about because we wore the old uniforms for the spring game his first year back. Everyone got excited thinking they were going to come back. Maybe that's what it was they, first year. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, because they were back, but then they still but did we wear them, yeah. the Ron Prince uniforms uh, that next year. And, it, you know, here, here, here's another Scott Wildcat hot take. I didn't mind the Ron Prince uniforms. It's a bad take. I didn't mind them at all. That's fine. I love the purple pants. I, I would like purple. Pants. I would like purple pants. I just didn't like. I just thought that the just as a whole, the uniforms were they were pretty mild, pretty boring. I would love yeah, to see some, I thought they were, some purple pants today, though. I thought they were fine, but you know, maybe we'll go into a revisiting the Ron Prince era pod later this summer. So. That wouldn't be a bad uh, pod. I mean, it would be a bad pod for. I'd be. I would not enjoy doing it, but that would be some good content, maybe. Uh, you know what? I liked. I I like the purple pants, and uh, I always bust them out in, in CWA fourteen when I'm when I'm pretending that it's in the future, and I pretend that we have all purples. It's legit. Yeah, bring yeah. bring back NCAA. Yes. Hashtag bring back NCAA. Uh, do you have any more defense before I not go on? At all. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on another rant, and I'm going to break my rule. Before you go on a rant, taking... before you go uh, on a rant, I just want to tell you that I was right uh, about my concerns uh, for for special teams. Yes, I said and I was going to give you. I, <laughs> yes, I was. I was going to give you credit. Here's my rant, and I'm going to break the rule I said at the very beginning of this podcast. I said it on Twitter. I said it to anyone in the office who would listen to me or wanted to talk about spring games. Spring games don't matter. Don't melt down. Don't build statues. It's a spring game. But our kicking was so abysmal. And shout out to you because you said on the pod with Grant or er, with Brogan, best friend Brogan Barry. Follow him on Twitter, Brogan underscore Barry eighteen, number one on the depth chart. We love you, Brogan. Uh, come back, <laughs> hang out soon. But he and I both said, "Oh, special teams will be fine. Kicking him will be fine." You were like, "I don't know. I'm worried." You're one hundred percent right. The first two field goals were two of the <laughs> ugliest kicks I have seen following K-State sports. You have a 35-yard field goal that never once was looking good. It started off wide, and it drifted in and hit the outside of the goalpost. Then you have a 40-something-yard field goal, and it is shanked almost you know, out of bounds. Didn't even you know, go out the back of the end zone. The kickoffs <laughs> were horrible. And with the new kickoff rule, I get it. You know, whatever. It's teams are going to take the fair catch. They're going to go to the twenty-five because we have a good coverage chance. But they were horrible kickoffs. Two punts, both of them horrible. We finally had Rodrigo, whatever. You know, the five-foot-four kicker. He topo Rodrigo. Yeah, I don't even know if that's his name. I don't. You know, I I didn't even bother learning his name because he's five foot four. You know, he he toe-poked through a field goal wow, late, which ended up being You're being, being, you're being a heightist right now. Heightist. I am. I, yeah, especially as a super short guy myself. Uh, but, you know, he, he did get the game-winning field goal for this the purple. A, this is a progressive done, pod, dude. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm I'm very sorry. It's okay. We're both short guys. We can tell you whatever the hell we want. But, you know, it, 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 and obviously because he was the third guy to kick a field goal, and he – was the third guy to kick extra points. He's obviously considered the lowest of the three kickers. 
So I'm I'm just wondering to myself, we had three years where we had Matt McCrane, Maddie McCrane on scholarship. What was Sean doing over the last three years? How did we not find a decent kicker or punter? Like I, I don't under I, I legitimately I, I want someone to explain to me how this happened. Sean was in that three years scheming, scheming and looking at the moment that he could throw his headset down on the ground to get people fired up. That's what he was. That's what he was doing in that three years. That's what he came up with. Uh, I look. I'm not that. I mean, I'm definitely concerned about the kicking position. I think you know everything else. Special teams, it'll figure itself out. That's not going to be that big of a deal. We'll probably we'll slide in some good returners. Uh, I think that's more of a system thing. We're just good at that, so we'll be fine in that respect. But not having a kicker is scary because that's the type of thing that can, like, you start missing kicks, that's going to fester. The longer that goes on, it's it's such a mental thing. And I hope that I hope that somebody's going to step up. I hope that we can hit some kicks early in the season to get our confidence going. But ugh, you see, you see teams that don't have good kickers. Good teams. Oklahoma a few years ago didn't have a kicker, and it killed them. So, I don't know. I'm scared. It worries me a lot. Let's hope. Let's hope that little Rodrigo or whatever his name is can step up and be in the spotlight. That's my guy. That's a name yeah. I can get behind. Okay. Well, we're gonna move on from this before I start breaking stuff in your bedroom. I, I don't yeah. Please be don't. Angry yeah. Anymore. Uh, so, uh, as all of you know, we are moving in to NFL Draft Weekend. Uh, You know, if you're listening to this on the 25th, the 26th tomorrow kicks off the draft. So, you know, I just want to, you know, wish the best of luck from from Bosco's boys out to our guys DJ Reed and Byron Pringle. For those of you who remember, your very own Scott Wildcat was the first person to break the news on both of these young fellas declaring for the NFL Draft. Not any paid journalists, none of the paid subscription sites, none of the radio shows, at Scott Wildcat. I broke both of, both of these stories during the season before the bowl game, uh, so I just wanted to toot my own horn a little bit. But both these guys are being projected anywhere hashtag between the fourth in the and seventh round. Hashtag in the know. Hashtag in real life journo. Hashtag better than a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> so they're being projected anywhere between the fourth and seventh round. The streak is probably going to continue. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. I've gone on the record saying if DJ Reed or hell, even if Byron Pringle, if either one of those guys goes to our hometown, Kansas city chiefs, oh, I will be buy awesome. my first, I'll buy my first Kansas city chiefs Jersey since I was in middle school and, for all of those folks who want a little peek into my life, I saved up all my summer lawn mowing money and I was going to buy a new authentic Jersey. And back in the day, I had a lot of Chiefs jerseys. I loved them. I had the, like a yellow Priest Holmes, I had a ton of Tony Gonzalez jerseys, all sorts of stuff. It was the year the Chiefs drafted all-time tackle leader from the University of Texas, Derek Johnson. And whose jersey do I get? Patrick Sertain, cornerback <laughs> that we traded from for Miami because I always traded for him in my Madden games. Worst jersey purchase that I ever personally made. Uh, so that's just a little insight. So for the first time since my Patrick Sertain jersey, if Byron Pringle or DJ Reed get drafted by the Chiefs, I'm going to buy the jersey. I'm going to wear it proudly in Arrowhead. 
I'm going to wear it around. I'm going to love it. I hope – I would love to see DJ Reed end up as the nickel corner for the Chiefs. Uh, that would be great. I would definitely buy their jerseys too. Yeah. Uh, also, just look for after <clears throat> the draft. I, I don't think I don't think we have any other true draft prospects. But I do think Maddie McCrane, who is hashtag my Groza, he got robbed. For sure. Uh, he, he will get a preferred undrafted free agent contract. I guess there's a chance he could maybe sneak into the seventh round. I think he's one of the best collegiate kickers who are coming out. He is going to be in a roster fight. I think there is a spot in the NFL for him. I think Nick Walsh is going to get an undrafted free agent contract as well. Uh, will he make it onto a uh, 53-man roster? I don't know. Uh, you know, I think he. I, I think he has like. I think he has some of the skills. I, it, it's always it's it's tricky with punters. Most t- teams bring in two punters into camp into preseason. I think he'll find himself there. I don't know if he'll make a roster. Also, look for guys uh, for, for our guy Topeka Cat Will Gary. He'll get invited. Top to cat. A, he is a top cat. He'll get invited to a rookie mini camp. I think. Uh, will he even make it to uh, NFL camps? I'm not sure. Will he make it to preseason? I don't know. Uh, he has a motor. He has some skills. He's a bowling ball. I'd love to see him get a shot. And then another thing I want to throw out there too, dark horses when it comes to cats in the NFL, uh, Mitch Lockbiler. Dude has a cannon for a leg. Does he have any control on it? I don't know. But you saw him his entire junior year kicking off uh, instead of Matt McCraney. He was booting that through the end zone. And then you saw him a couple punts in his career where he just bombed it. You could see a team, you know, take a flyer on him and, you know, try to groom him into a kicker because he has a leg that he can do it. And then another guy, someone that probably I would, I would venture to say 80% of the people who listen to this podcast doesn't, don't even know this name, but our former long snapper, Drew Scott, I think he will make an NFL roster. I saw an article that said he was the top-rated long snapper coming into this quote-unquote draft class. He won't get drafted, but he will get an undrafted free agent contract. And my prediction is he is on an opening day NFL roster. So do you have any notes about this current draft class? Because we do have a we do have a question about the hashtag streak. Um, no, I don't. I don't have anything to add. You pretty much covered all the bases there. I did see actually DJ Reed could go as high as three. I saw a little update, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll be like four or five. Hey, I, I, I would, like I said, my dream is for him to get drafted. In oh the my fifth god! Round I would love to have I a want, DJ Reed jersey. I want him to play nickel. I want him to have a nice. You know, eight-year career in Kansas City. That's my dream. Maybe I could, uh, maybe I could see him at uh, Chipotle, like I saw Patty Mahomes. I'd Shout give him, out to I'd Patty give Mahomes. Big, I'd give him a big old hug. If Patrick Mahomes ever wants to come on the podcast, you're more than welcome. Yes, Patty, uh, we'll be in contact <laughs> with you. Moving right, on so to going... the questions. I'll let you take the first one. Bosco. Sorry, I keep yeah, interrupting so this... you. <laughs> no, you're fine. We're we're just having fun. I hope everyone's enjoying. This podcast, as usual, I'm enjoying this. We're loving it. Give us any feedback on Twitter. You can, if you have my number, shoot me a text for those now on Twitter. Shout out to Kevin McFarlane, who is sad he can't submit questions because he's not on Twitter. But, Dad, you can shoot me a text, <laughs> and I will be sure to get into the pod. But we should, have a, comes for- we should have a dad pod. Ooh, 
that might be a great summer idea. Hashtag dad pod. Dad uh, pod. They got that. some good. They got some good K State memories perspectives. Before, oh, well before our time. Maybe, oh yeah, maybe we'll that hop might, in there. That might be a that might be a Father's Day pod coming straight from Topeka. Hashtag dad pod. Maybe hey, not a bad idea. Yeah, not All a right. bad idea. So from our guy Banner ninety five. And he he prefaces this by saying probably a redundant question. You're right. But after watching the spring game, who is your favorite to start at QB? And can we have your opinion why? Should I take this first? I mean, it's 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 up to you. It's up to you. You go first. Okay. I will ask all the questions. You answer first. I will. Okay. I will say, man, it's tough. I don't know if there's any real separation at this point. And I don't. I'm not sure if either quarterback really has an advantage at this point. But I have as my as my QB one at this time is Alex Delton. Now I didn't necessarily change my choice. I, I said that I prefer Skyler to start, and I still kind of do. But I just think that it's definitely going to be Delton starting in game one. Uh, I think. Um, you know, I prefer Skyler because I think he has a higher ceiling. He's has potential to be a uh, more rounded, well-rounded quarterback. Um, undeniably a better passer. Not quite as good as a runner as Alex, but definitely very capable as a runner. I just think that Delton is going to win the job initially because looking at last season, which you may think is irrelevant, it's last season, does that really matter? But until his injury at KU, he w- it was his job to lose. Uh, he finished on a real high against UCLA, so it's tough to really it's tough to gauge these guys at this point. But we don't really know what we're gonna get from Skyler. He's been super hot or super cold. You know, he was fire at Oklahoma State, and he was terrible against UCLA. He was pretty bad, pretty bad for the majority of the game with Iowa State. I don't know if that's his fault or if you know that was really play call, but didn't really get going until two drives in the fourth quarter, where he, to his credit, took over, won the game. So that was nice, but I think that you know it's just going to be Delton. Delton's more in the wheelhouse of Bill Snyder's comfort zone, and I just see it being Delton. That's my opinion. That's not to say that I, he really has a huge advantage at this point, but I just think it's going to be Delton. Yeah, I don't. I don't think either one truly has that much of an advantage, as I think you guys have picked up. I don't put any weight into the spring game unless it's kickers and then I melt down like I'm a little girl who didn't get a piece of candy. But I, I or just I, yourself I think, that didn't get a piece of candy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I if I don't get candy, I get a little upset. Um, I I think I think you're probably right. I think at the end of the day, when we trot out there, game one, I think it's going to be Alex Dalton. I. I can't recall if I have gone on the record predicting Skyler. And if we're asked this question, every time we are asked this question, we'll answer because I'm sure my mind will change. I think it should be Skyler. I want it to be Skyler. But I think when snap one happens, it's going to go to the junior Alex Delton. Uh, and I think that's a mistake. I will say that unless there's something going on in practice that I can't see, I think it is a massive mistake and almost a disservice to Alex, if you are truly planning on starting him, I'm I'm very worried about a guy who suffered two major concussions last year. I'm very concerned about his durability and all that. Being said, if we start, you know, Sky, I'm sure he'll 
he'll he, he'll probably get hurt too. It's been a while since we've had a uh, yeah. you know injury free season. But I think Alex Delton can be used as a changeup. I think there are packages you can use to get him into the game where Skyler's QB one. And I would love to see that sort of creativity. I would love to see our coaches go that route. Uh, because you can't do that with Alex Delton as your starter. If you're committing to playing Alex Delton, there is no way to get Skyler touches. And I think that he's way more of a traditional quarterback and needs to get into the rhythm of the game. I think you can bring Alex Delton in for a package and, you know, inside the red zone, if you're stalling and he can give you a spark, uh, you know, you're not going to get that with Sky. So that's where that's where I'm at. You know, maybe we, maybe it will be Skyler with uh, uh, Coleman taking over because the chatter is that he's maybe he's trying trying to spread things out a little bit more. So that certainly suits Skyler a lot more than it does Delton. So. So yeah, what a terrible answer. Oh, it could be Skyler, it could be Alex. We didn't yeah. really give an answer there, but that's probably that's about as good as we can do. I just hope to God that we at least somewhat alter how we treat our quarterbacks. I mean, last year some of the most negligent shit I've ever seen running those guys into the ground. Oh, particularly God. Ertz. It's like we have a guy who's clearly hurt. He's been hurt for two games and we're gonna run him over and over. And it's just like what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, that was disgusting. Uh, if I were, if I was, you know, Jesse Ertz's girlfriend or his parents, I would have probably tried to fight Dana Dimmel and Bill Snyder. That was, that really was borderline negligent. It's ridiculous. It was he ridiculous. He was treated, and in in the same the same with Alex. You know, he he had you know he had a concussion, and then they he was laying down on the floor in the Texas Tech game, and then they picked him back up. It, first off, that was a dirty hit, but. They they had him stay in there, and then he ra- he ran a quarterback draw the very next play. It, I, I really hope that doesn't happen. I hope that Andre Coleman, Colin Klein, the the new play callers, Charlie Dickey, the running game coordinator. I really hope they aren't as you know borderline criminally negligent that Dana <laughs> Dimmel But we're gonna move on. Well, I because, think you know, I'm getting, one last thing. I think Colin Colin may have. A- Hopefully, Klein will have some sort of input on that because he suffered the same fate as those other guys. I mean, he was ran into the ground and injured at the end of his, at the end of his senior year. So maybe and, he'll. And maybe neither he'll one have of those, to say. Neither one of those guys are built like Colin either. You know, he was no, he, he was, was a, a he was a unit, thick boy. He was an yeah, he was an he, absolute he, unit, mate. Uh yeah. Okay, we got to move on. on. I am actually getting pissed yeah. off, so let's move on. <clears throat> okay. Uh, from miles 785 ema and you know this is what we've talked about you know what what's your biggest takeaway from the spring game that the spring game sucks and there's no point to play it <laughs> i mean i don't know yeah i i don't disagree the, the the notes i i had were i think our defensive line is small and slow and our kickers and punters are trash that's and... a legitimate note i made that Barnes is our clear cut number one, but I didn't need the spring game to kn- to know that. Uh, that's it, really. I mean, there's not much to take away from it, to be honest. Sorry, right, so, sorry, Miles, but there's really yeah, nothing no, to take away from yeah, it. Not not to. We appreciate you. your question. Yeah. No, 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 we we appreciate all the questions. Uh, I wanted to make sure to get it in because we make a true effort to answer any question asked of us using hashtag Ask Bosco. Again, we're in the. Hashtag Ask Bosco Q&A session uh, from our guy, M. Manon 3 someone who was a part of that glorious Nashville trip. 
outside of kicker slash punter, which position group are you most concerned about heading into next season? You keep bringing up Nashville, and it really irks me when you do that. That but, was such. I'm sorry, but that was such a fun trip outside of like the actual game and like tailgating. When I don't know if you recall, I started getting so nervous. I left the tailgate, went into the game, like into the, their horrible stadium. By the worst way, worst stadium I've uh, ever been to by a mile. It, uh, yeah, but so every everything was great until I started getting nervous, and then the game. But the trip was I, great. I, I want to go back. I to look Nashville. fondly. I look very fondly upon Nashville. If they ever get like an MLS club, I'd love to see Sporting yes, go there. Yes, they're going to, and we're going to uh, go. Maybe, maybe I become a Nashville Predators fan. And I go see a hockey game. That would be awesome. Titans. I I want to go back. Nashville's awesome, but I'll stop bringing it up. What's your okay. biggest concern outside Matt, kickers and punters? Uh, for me, defensive line. I just feel like it's like you said, undersized, slow. I hope that they prove me wrong, and we can get some sort of push this year, but. Ugh, I have no real hope for our defensive line. It was pretty abysmal last year, and I kind of expect the same this year. Yep, I agree. Defensive line, just to you know, change it up. I, you know, lots of concerns with the secondary. We were, you know, everyone wants to talk about bend but don't break, all this type of stuff. We were statistically one of the worst pass defenses in all of college football last year, let alone Power Five. It was, it was bad we were giving up, you know, close to 12 yards per attempt. It, it was, it was bad. And you're losing your all American corner. Yeah. And you, I, you know, I, I think it's really going to have to hope that, you know, we scheme better, better play calls. Otherwise I think it's going to be another long guy. I mean, I think, I think, you know, luckily not a lot of returning quarterbacks in the big 12, but you know, I'm scared what, what West Virginia might do to us on the road. They could legitimately carve us up. Yeah. Well, everyone carves us up. <laughs> I mean, like you said, that, literally everyone true. carves us up. It doesn't matter who it is. And I think, I don't know. It's hard. That is definitely down to our system, like no doubt about it. But I think that personnel probably has something to do with it as well. Obviously, you know, K-State's not necessarily known for having the most talented roster. But just like to say, it's got to be. I'm, I'm hoping that we can at least alter our, our schemes a little bit because you cannot, you can't on third and five give a guy 10 yards. It's just, <laughs> that's negligent. That's borderline negligent. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I don't know how could, they can't see that. And we're blitzing. We'll like, we'll bring the most obvious blitzes, give a 10 yard cushion, and just like, you don't, you can't blitz and give a 10 yard cushion at the same time. You have to have press coverage or else it just completely, what's the point of blitzing? They have, they only need a half second to get it off because you give them 10 yards. It's really stupid. I hope that we do at least see some press coverage or some like disguised schemes. But, yeah, secondary, it's definitely a concern. You're not wrong. What else do we have? Is that it? All right. Oh, no, we have one more question. No, no, no. We, no, we got two more. Actually. Two more? Oh, man, T- I only have one. T- yeah. Oh, yeah, that's because you didn't read your DM that I sent you. Uh, T- oh, wait, Kobe yeah, okay. 7 TKOBE07 with K State Sports posting about the NFL draft streak. What is your favorite streak extender, and who do you see extending the streak over the next couple of years? Uh, there's some easy answers. We got like Dalton Reisner, no doubt he's going to go. Um, players like Scott France. We uh, we develop linemen pretty well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was going to say those are the. Two very easy answers. Those are easy. I think over players the next like, couple years. I think Barnes. Barnes. Could get yeah, drafted. that's next on my. That was next uh, on my list. Um, 
I think Shelly, we'll see what kind of year he has this year. Uh, if he has a breakout year like uh, DJ does, then he might get a shout in like some sort of similar similar uh, projection. I, as I think as you him. could see Kendall Adams. Kendall Adams, I think, might be able to get Kendall. Yeah, well. yeah, I could see that. Uh, you know, I think you know, I, I I don't know if I don't know if any of our guy. I don't think Zuber had. Well, I, I mean, he would have to really show something if he's going to sneak into the later rounds because I don't know if he tests as well as Pringle and he also doesn't have the body he does. Uh, you know, I think there's a chance that you might see Skylar Thompson drafted. You know, it's been a while Possibly. since we had a quarterback drafted. I think that there's a real possibility when it's all said and done he could get drafted. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I think France – is a great shout. And I, you know, maybe, maybe some of the guys on the interior line as well. I think, I think any offensive line guy, we can build them into a draftable prospect. So I think it extends for at least two, three years Uh, outside of that. You know, you, you don't really know because, you know, our, our, our recruiting classes wouldn't tell you, Oh, there's an NFL guy, but we somehow find a way to, always get someone who's your favorite draft extender draft extender next year no 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 from the past is there any any because i think that's where the intent of the question who's your favorite random guy who extended the streak oh that's tough that's a tough question i I mean i can answer because i go ahead and answer because i'm trying to think back on past drafts the the easy one the easiest one is bryce brown he got oh, drafted. Yeah, in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got drafted in the seventh round, so the streak almost dies. <laughs> Bryce Brown gets drafted after playing like a grand total of like ten snaps. Yeah, I've totally so forgot about Bryce Brown. He he extends the streak, and that you know that that's that has to be every K State fan's first one. He's a K State legend right. because of that. You're absolutely right. No one right. loves no one loves pimping out random streaks like K State, and that draft streak is the pride of that and of everyone so i you know if it wasn't for dj and byron pringle the streak probably would have died this year yep uh similar to you know people don't think about this josh freeman he came out a year early and he was the only draft pick in 2009 so that's another draft streak that might have ended if he wouldn't have gone out and then the other two that you know whoops the other two that really count as extenders, uh, both Jeremy Clary and Tavon Rooks, they both went late sixth round, and they were the only draft picks in 06 in 2014. So those are all the big shouts for draft extenders. I do want to give a dishonorable mention to the 1992 draft class because if – or excuse me, the 1993 draft class because we had four guys drafted in 1992 – so if they could, if someone could have gotten drafted in '93, we could have been tacking on two extra years to this awesome streak that currently started in '94. We didn't so have anyone any, from the '93 no squad one, get drafted. N- no, no one in the '93 class. Oh, class. Yes, because the calendar shift. Right. So it's the '92 team. Those bastards. We had four guys. We had four guys drafted in '92. Nobody in '93. And the strat streak began in '94. So I'd like I'd like to final... see my guy Zubes step up, dude. I think he could he could make it in the league if if he's got the speed that people say he has. He's got a similar body type to Lockie. 
he's a little he's an inch inch bigger. We'll see what Zuber can do. He's a, he's a junior. He's going to break out. That's my breakout player this year. All right, final question in <clears> honor <throat> of Avengers Infinity War. Uh, it's it's coming out, and you know I think it's dropping in less than twenty four hours from our guy SL Keck, who you know n- not to be, get all spoily here, but in, unless we get some more questions, he might win the Golden Dog Bone Award for the May Q and A episode. He's got he a million a questions. <laughs> he's um, a, he's a great question asker. He was he was a Wine Tuesday All Star, but his question that we bumped up. Who is Bill Snyder's favorite Marvel character? This one's easy for me. So I, uh, well, mine was easy as well. I'm, I'm betting it's not the same though. So what is yours? Really? I'm saying it's for me. It's Captain America. He's a Steve Rogers guy. No, the hard no worker. Chance. He's a hardworking. Uh, he he earned his he earned his powers on the merit of his good character. It's got to be Steve Rogers. He's a patriot. That's Bill's guy. Come on. No. Who else is it? There, or it's, it's Black Hawkeye. Widow, dude. Come on. <laughs> no, it is Hawkeye. Could First, be the easy connection. He's an Iowa guy. Oh, good call. I didn't think about heart that. Heart of Hearts. He, you know, he, he cut his teeth. You know, Hayden Fry. Uh, he's not flashy at all. If you look at all the Avengers, you know, Captain America. He has these tricked out shield, this great uniform. All the previews are showing him in a super dark alternate uniform. In uh, the, the this new movie, uh, can't be him. He's also Captain America, the most physically intimidating Avenger outside of probably the Hulk, you know, or Thor. You know, he's not this five star prospect. Hawkeye, you know, he he gets his notoriety by finding a skill that no one else seems to have anymore. You know, he's some archer, and you That's keep wondering. Shout. That's a good how, shout. How does Bill Snyder keep doing what he's doing? How is Hawkeye an Avenger? I, I, that, I, you know, I'm sorry if people take offense to it because I know Hawkeye is kind of like the butt of all the Avenger jokes, but any, any other Come answer on. is wrong. I, I'm not against the guy. I'm just telling you, you know, how the public views it. That, that is Bill Snyder. Any other answer, I, I just don't think you put any thought into it. So, me? <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah. I mean, you or anyone. I mean, as I wouldn't usual, say that I'm Captain right. America Everyone, is a five-star prospect, name. dude. Come on. Steve Rogers he, was an okay. absolute nobody. All right, time out. Okay, okay. I, I would buy into what you're saying if the Marvel character is Steve Rogers and not Captain America. I would buy into that. You know, hardworking kid who isn't, you know, up to the standards, all that stuff. But the second he's getting shot up with the super soldier juice or whatever you want to call that stuff, he instantly is a – he's – by the books, a five-star athlete. Like he is a. Super we need to start. That, we need to start juicing our guys up. We need to start doping, man. We need no, to start no, turning no, 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 Steve no. Rogers are, into no, Captain America. No, no, <laughs> we are we are an anti-doping podcast. I will. I refuse to endorse that. But you know that those are all the questions. Speaking of questions, I'm I'm putting a call out to all the boneheads. We need your questions. We have a lot of great random questions. Feed us a little more K State questions. You know, at the at the end of the day, we are a K State fan podcast. We need a we need a few more good K State pod question podcasts. Uh, you know, we'll always take the random ones, other sports ones, but you know, we need we need some more K State ones before we dive into the Q and A pods. Uh, reach out to us. Do you want one ultra long 
possibly two hour plus Q and A episode. No way. Or did you guys like it broken up? Break it up. We're gonna break okay, it up. For, I'm answering for the fans. We're breaking it up. No chance. No. If, if no, I so I combat that. If there is an <laughs> overwhelming desire by the Boneheads for a super long marathon pod, we will give them what they want. Reach out. Let us know. If we don't hear anything, we will probably split into two because there are a lot of good questions. Um, I got an interesting. And then also, we are. A f- Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Interesting tidbit say, about Bill, f- about Bill Snyder, and Hawkeye. Okay. I used to clean his house all the time. You know this. Uh, oh. Literally has no K State stuff in his house. All Iowa stuff. Not joking. It's just like I, Iowa I'm, memorabilia. I'm a bit. Everywhere <laughs> and barely. I'm a bit surprised stuff. you're. I'm very surprised you've decided to disclose this on the podcast. But you yeah. know, anyone who's still listening at this point, you know, you stuck around. You got a good one. Uh, we're officially, we are officially in the off season of K State Sports. Uh, we have a couple ideas. If there's something you all want us to talk about. There's a topic. There's a style of a podcast. If there's something that you guys want from us, reach out, and I'm sure you know we have. You know, we have, you know, 26-ish pods to fill, you know, time. If, if you have a good idea, we'll be happy to take it on in podcast form. Uh, and, you know, just, again, reach out to us. Let us know how how bad I'm, you know, talking down on the defense. Tell me that, you know, Sebastian Taylor and Mike McCoy are going to run crazy. Interact with us on social media. We love it. That's why we did this podcast. We're trying to – Take the fun of being a fan, put it into podcast form. Grant, do you have anything before we sign off? Dude, we're gonna do the dad pod. Hashtag dad pod. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I think I think that'll be that'll be great. Uh, I have another. We'll, we'll, we'll Bill Snyder tidbit. This has nothing to do really with K State, but uh, that's fine. Just Bill Snyder in at the end in his home has a watercolor painting of a lamb. Jesus. It's titled Hot Lips. <laughs> Swear to God. I can't believe you're just dropping all this. That's the only stuff I have on Bill. That's it, really. That's all oh, I'll say. God. But okay. That's not yeah. any, that's not damaging to the program or anything. It's fine. He has a painting called Hot Lips and it's it's a lamb. A watercolored lamb. Okay. All right. Okay, we're signing off. I, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Scott. Hope you're enjoying this ride as much as I am. Meet me at the cat head. Woo <laughs>